what you know about it. It's the stool, baby. Got the knees in plus. Young stool, baby. In the room a lot. Okay, we're going to start. Hello, hello. You're listening to The Stew, number one podcast on all platforms ever. I'm Jason Stewart. Andre Canaparo, say hello. Hello. We have one guest today, the, the ominous, looming, shining star of the food community, Zach Brooks. Say hello. <laughs> hello. You've been on this show before too many times. You used to Not have a, too many times. He's one of my much, favorites. Nothing you've said so far in this podcast is true. It's just been all lies <laughs> yeah. from the very beginning. Like, it's not a food podcast. The whole Big thing. surprise. Yeah. It's how I get... How popular the podcast is. We're going to talk about Everything opioids. about me was untrue. Are we going to keep going? How you far? are not illustrious. <laughs> I'm none of those things. Uh, you, you're, yeah, you're Zach Brooks. Infamous. People are like, oh, damn, Midtown Lunch. When I say... Whenever damn. I mention your name, they're like, damn. damn. Yeah, you're like, what's like an old band from the 70s that like... What does he smell like? Some people know, but most people don't. That's you. <laughs> Is you're, it true if you catch uh, him, he grants wishes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a special guy. You're a little special guy. Catch him by a toe. But um, you used to do a podcast that you don't anymore because you're too busy... Food is the new rock, a classic is that podcast. On hiatus? This is my this is my triumphant return to the world of podcasting. Mm-hmm. My seven fans are going to be super psyched for this. Get those, get those legs wet. Yeah, I mean you're you, going to get a huge, huge bump. You don't from- have a lot of fans, but those few fans are really hot. They're all <laughs> so hot. It's true. I'm still waiting for the first true thing to be spoken. <laughs> Um, but if you want to go back into the archives on iTunes, Food is the New Rock, there's a ton of great pods over the years. 200 episodes to be exact. Damn. Nice round number, right? Amazing. I mean, 200 and then you drop the mic. That's like, right? Mm-hmm. No? No? Yeah, that 200 and then you drop the mic. That's good. I'll bring it back. You know anybody who wants to edit a podcast? Like once you inevitably get fired? I'll do it for money. <laughs> <laughs> um, how much money? So now we'll talk off afford, pod. I can't afford you. I have a... Uh, just hit the Venmo, and I'll tell you when to stop. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what Venmo is. I do. I do know what it is, but I've never used. Come on, it. Grandpa. I'm a, I'm a PayPal kind of guy. Oh so hell I, yeah! I like PayPal too, because PayPal it happens instantly. Venmo it takes like three to five business days. It's true. Venmo. I thought Venmo was instant. Isn't that no, dumb? I thought that was the whole point. I don't know. All I know is that PayPal it, takes like one business day. Venmo takes like three to five. It's stupid. All I know is that. The first time I used med- Venmo. <laughs> well, you want to tell the story? I don't know. I just, yeah, I'll I'll explain just, it. I'm curious if this is going to make it into the uh, highlight uh, description in iTunes. Ooh. Like, we don't talk, jinx it, sweetie. We talk about the first time we use Venmo. <laughs> well, it is one minute, food related. One minute, 32 seconds in. Venmo, nut or not. I feel like it's mildly food related because now every time I got to eat with six people, one person pays and five people pay. Yeah, whoever wants like, the miles pays for it and then everyone Venmos. But on Venmo, you can when you pay somebody you have to be like here's the dollar amount here's 38 dollars and then you have to write a note on the payment and people will be like paying you for splitting dinner or like you bought me a disneyland ticket or whatever it is and then some people will write like a fun little emoji like a pizza emoji with a smiley face like oh you bought me a slice of pizza But then Andre, but most people just have that information turned on private. It's de- by default private. By uh, default, public. it's it, the information is public. Right, people didn't know see this. who you pay. Yeah, didn't yeah, know this. that I knew actually. I God knew that. Andre did not know that. But also, Andre does not have Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Mm. Social media, what so I'm hearing, I didn't know so this was he's a thing. he's already behind a little bit in the way that these apps is working on. Oh, this is phone. this so? Is this story about how you Venmoed something? The first time I had to Venmo somebody is our friend Dan, and I sent something like insanely offensive. Yeah, sure, like everybody in the, saw it. in the message. I don't think anybody saw it. I, I don't know. Got the it, 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 it was public, but like it, it was definitely Briefly. like he he thought it was private, so it was like a very vulgar <laughs> like. Uh, and then like within. 20 seconds, Jason's looking at his phone and is like, oh shit, yeah, you, you know you did this, right? <laughs> you can't do that. Uh, yeah, the people who have their Venmo history on public, doesn't make any sense to me. No, not at all. Why are you doing that? What is it? Unless, Unless it's like, like f- 1.3 million for a Maybach 
And then yeah. you're like, I want people to know that I you owe me a, somebody that. I bought a yacht today on Venmo. <laughs> <laughs> My takeaway from this story is that uh, in this day and age, I'm to an be idiot. a food person who eats out a lot with other people, to not have Venmo is pretty much the Jewiest thing you can do. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, I'll get yeah. you later. I'll pay you later. It's you know, fine. I got the next one. Just Venmo me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have it. Don't Why? know what that is. Why don't I get the don't next one? Don't know what that one. is. I'll... Uh, I'll pay you next time I see you. I haven't seen you since college. Cash. We'll do it again well, I'm soon. I'm a PayPal guy. We're going to do it again soon. Can I, can I write you a check there at my office, though? I'll get you on the next one. Damn. <laughs> yes. Learning all the tricks from you. Well, this now. Is like, you do realize being on this podcast is like my therapy, right? Yeah. That's the equi- I, I work through all my issues here. Oh, really? We're here to, we're here to help. <laughs> uh, yeah, show me on the Venmo transaction history where he where touched, touched you. <laughs> Um, so we, you, now, nowadays you're working with Smorgasburg, which is a big food kind of festival marketplace every Sunday downtown at the Row. Yeah. And I've been spending a lot of time at the Row lately. Yeah, you DJed last weekend at their block party. DJ at the block party. I had a meeting there yesterday, and I think I might even oh. be DJing there on Saturday. Oh. Just mention there's Saturday. just so much parking there, by the way, everybody. Dude, Smorgasburg and everything. The else. parking lot is the second biggest parking structure in California. Did you know that? What's the first? Disneyland. Mm. Um. Yeah. I mean, the parking lot's the whole thing. I mean, I could talk twenty minutes about the parking lot. Please it's the whole reason we're there. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's a. I wanted to know now that how long has it been? Like a year. It's been over a year. year yeah, a year in June. Year in a few months. Yep, year in June. So it's it started in New York and now it's in LA. It's where basically a bunch of like independent food vendors can set up and sell their foods, and then people can like sell their dumbass jewelry that nobody wants and like dream catchers and shit that nobody's ever gonna buy. We have no dream catchers. <laughs> uh, but it wouldn't be a far. I, it wouldn't be a marketplace if it didn't have that shit. You know I wouldn't what I mean? put it. I wouldn't put it that way. But yes. That is... <laughs> Of yeah. course you wouldn't. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got non food retailers yeah, we've got like 70, as well. We've got seventy food and shopping vendors. What's the what's the percentage of food for non food sellers? Like seventy thirty, maybe seventy five twenty five. What's the highest? What's like the most successful of the non food vendors? The non food. Um, I don't know. We got some really good shopping. Weed. <laughs> got some really good shopping. I don't know. You want to hear about this? Just like very briefly. I gotta and then bring we're this up. On. Like I gotta remember the non the non food stuff. It's very difficult. It's only curious. It's just it's curious for me. I I I'm well. I mean, like listen, vaguely like there's, curious. There's no question that I mean the. The the food definitely drives the shopping, right? Like people mm-hmm. are coming to Smorgasburg just to eat, but we, yeah. you know, Smorgasburg came out of the Brooklyn Flea. So mm. in New York, the founders, you know, founded the Brooklyn Flea, which was a, you know, a flea market. Which now Big there's like a, now there's like a ton of them, right? Like hipster flea markets. Mm-hmm. But this was, Brooklyn Flea was like it was one of the, it was that was like the original. First one. Yeah, the yeah, LA yeah. version would be like the Fairfax and Melrose yeah. one kind of. Yeah, or like, and then there's like you know, yeah, there's Rose a few, Bowl, a, a all few that other shit. Ones, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, so they started as a flea market and they had a little bit of food and the food became so popular that they launched Smorgasburg, which was all food. Is that because we're all getting fatter as a nation? I think people just like to eat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah food is, yeah. Food's the thing. Haven't you heard? So people are into it, huh? Yeah. I'll check people out food. Are, yeah. <laughs> have, you heard about, have you heard about this? Food, huh? Uh, right. no, it, but it actually, I mean, well, yeah, hear about this boring shit but like it's I mean, yeah we're here to hear about it is uh, we're I mean, only going to talk about it really quickly it and is then interesting like if you think about if you think about stuff. malls right like the way you know malls are kind of dying and malls used to be like this thing where you would have this giant you would have a, a big box retailer right like nordstrom or macy's or some big store and the mall would get that store in first mm-hmm. and then they would book all the other smaller stores based on the strength of that store like macy's brings all the people mm-hmm. and then all like all people, the little barnacles that attach to a whale yeah all like those, a wetzel right, barnacle and all those right all those all the food the food court was there to feed the people who are coming shopping right and now there's this because of like you know Amazon and everything that's happening in retail. You're now seeing nobody this shopping, complete bitch. this p- complete switch where now the food court or food hall or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. the food is now the thing that's actually bringing people out because you can't, you know, you you, you need a cheesecake factory to anchor all that retail mm-hmm. is what you're saying. And so <laughs> you and so now it's the food that's driving the retail and Smorgasburg's a pretty good like because we're all so just boring that all that food has now become a real activity. <laughs> for the people that I, I just want to say, I'm just I'm feeling a little hater right now. I'm yeah, sorry, guys. Wrong, for the people you? that you love eating, I'm all eating. jacked. You are very skinny. 
getting skinnier too. I'm starting to worry about What's you. What's wrong with you? You think so? No, no. I just Are said that enough? doesn't seem right. I, I've, been, I've been eating a lot of nuts lately. Yeah, there's a lot yeah, of calories yeah. in there. Um, you know, for anybody who lives in Southern California hasn't gone. Neither of us took the bait it on is, that. We just, is, we just let it no, go. No, it was a true, we just like, I go. have been consuming too much trail mix. Yeah. Uh, it was not, it was a genuine sense. I said, I was going to give a smorgasbord a compliment, but you're all walking on top of sorry, me. Sorry, so, sorry. You know, continue. You continue. Keep talking about nuts. Um, have you been to smorgasbord, Andre? <laughs> I've been a few times. Oh, you weren't asking me. <laughs> I have. I was going to say, if you haven't been and you live in Southern California, it's the best curated version of anything that involves... Stands, and there's no food trucks, they're all stands. But when people say, like, oh, there's a big festival, there's gonna be tons of trucks, that it's always a letdown. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen the amount of variation and quality and really kind of, um, I mean, well curated, really interesting, diverse, different types of food and the best version of it, and maybe versions that you've never even heard of. And it's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. He's I eating agree. my nuts right now. This is great. I, I love it. Yeah. No, I, I really love Smorgasburg, and I think it's like... It's like when you go to the mall, and, they, and the guy who's in charge of the stores doesn't let any of the poor people's stores come in. <laughs> That's the same kind of vibe that I'm getting, you know? Very highly curated. But it's like... Just I keep mean, talking about how well it's curated. I'm just... It's like that... People love that. They I, love that. To yeah, me who does the curation there? It can't be you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to me, it's what, you know, the, the promise of kind of democratized food is you know mm. it's like oh it's gonna be great all you need is a small stand and a great idea and most of the time you just get a, a less version of vietnamese food or a less version of a korean taco or a less version of something mm-hmm. and i found my favorite things that i've had at smorgasburg are the opposite it's probably one person doing one thing or one person doing three things really really well on a high level mm-hmm. well we try to f- i mean we i tried to find the balance between both of those things because in the end like when i when i took the job i wanted to make it something good i mean we're open every single sunday right you're open every sunday or you're you have a brick and, like we're a lot more like a brick and mortar food business than sure. you would think Absolutely. because it's every single sunday it's not just like once a year or a couple weekends over the summer where you sort of you know or something like the la county fair like they can have bullshit food that's really expensive because they're open Dick. for three or four weeks. Right. And, you know, every year you go to eat that corn dog, those curly fries, but you wouldn't go there every weekend. They couldn't sustain that business, you know, whereas we're open every Sunday. So you have to have something good to get people to come back a second time, a third time, a fourth time. Mm-hmm. Like, so just having something that looks good on Instagram, like it's helpful to get people there. But you really need to get people back a second and a third time. But on the other hand, like the food world being what it is now, like you can have great chefs making great food and it doesn't mean it's a great business. And so mm-hmm. finding a good balance between doing, you know, good food, but then also having thing, you know. Something that can given, be there every Sunday given, and continue. Giving right? the kids what they want. Because that's another thing. I mean, democracy, I don't know if you know this, but uh, democracy doesn't lead to uh, things of quality. I don't know well, if you uh, uh, in in <laughs> politics in. Uh, is there something going on in, in the news? Why? Yeah, there's a few things. That? I mean, like it really. But it really is. You really need the front of house and the back of house. And when you're, uh, you know, a, a food truck, your front of house is literally just like, it's not a traditional front of house. It's like your social media presence, the, your branding and marketing and logos and Instagram and how nice you are to people when you talk to them at the front and but then the food also has, but then the food also has to taste good yeah, but on the, the other hand but that's but actually that's that's true for us right and that's what we want to build and that's what smorgasburg's about but that's not that's not necessarily like what makes all the money like if you look at what makes the most money like you're not talking about really high quality food you know, right. it, it, like that's not what makes money. That's not the most people aren't eating at the best restaurants in LA serving the highest quality food. Some goddamn bar- I feel like damn the, garbage uh, truck. I feel like time. the garbage truck is a perfect, uh, is yeah. a perfect background noise for this conversation. There's a very loud garbage truck that's um, just right on the corner. But I agree. And, but, but yeah, I, so you have to. I mean, like you have to sort of be. You can decide. Like all I care about is making money, and then you're going to end up with. 
you're not going to end up with necessarily great food. Right. Mm. Um, and then you can also decide that you're going to stick to like I like fuck Instagram, you know, fuck. I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to do like the best food with the highest quality ingredients, and I don't give a shit like what people. It's going to speak for itself. Like I want, I don't care what people want. I'm going to do what I want. If you build you know? it, they will come. And that works if you're, you know, the best chef of all. You know, if you're some like truly. There are some truly amazing chefs, like a guy like David Chang, who was like, fuck everybody, I'm going to do what I want, and I don't care what anybody thinks. And it just happened to be that like he hit the zeitgeist. Like, perfect he was place, able to time, find enough people to take food, recipes from and know. start his business. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but listen, it's like the, every time you say something like that, it makes me think of the, the, the Facebook movie. Uh-huh. It's like... Listen, man, there's a lot, there's a lot of recipes. There's a lot of ideas. Mm-hmm. Like ideas are not the thing. Like the idea for Facebook is not what made it so famous and popular. Mm-hmm. And so you can argue that the execution, the like pork buns is not like you know, coming up with the idea of a pork bun is not, yeah. it's not, that's not, pork buns have been around forever. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's not necessarily the recipe. It was the, the drive, how it was implemented, the mm-hmm. things that, so even though I have a ton of respect and I am, and I know and love like, you know, some of the chefs who came up with some of those original recipes and mm-hmm. think that they're amazing chefs who have opened great restaurants since then. But I don't take anything away from David Chang like, no. because I feel like you have to be <laughs> that kind of, you, dude, you have to be like, because without David Chang, it just, it wouldn't have existed. One of those other chefs opening their own restaurant in the East Village would not have turned into Momofuku. Mm-hmm. Just wouldn't have existed. Just like if those like jerk off like twins from, you know, had done like the Harvard Facebook or whatever, it would not have turned into the jerk what twins. Facebook turned into, like what <laughs> Facebook is. Like you need the, that, you know. It's, yeah. it's true. I feel like I know more than one set of jerk off twins, so I need you to narrow it down. Uh, I don't know. It's funny because I'm a twin. Yeah. The I was wink, talking about you and Chris. Eye, Got the it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was staring at you when I said it. I was hoping that came mm-hmm. through. Well, um, I agree with all of that. And, and the people who don't have that drive and motor in them are the people who... Suck, not suck. No, those. But they may have their their talent outweighs their drive and 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 motor. Those are the ones who will then complain and say mean and things about the other I, people. I will say that's I, there, me. There are a lot of people. You describe me. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people I know who look at things like smorgasburg or food, you know, and think like oh, it's just a bunch of bullshit or like Instagram food or whatever. But I will say the one thing that I'm right. Like the one thing that I'm pretty proud of, like, is that I do feel like. Everything at Smorgasburg tastes good. Like it actually, I could tell you something good about every vendor, like something redeeming. Like they're mm-hmm. not all like, whereas I feel like there, there are very few food. You're able there to defend few, ice cream like, that's black. There are very few Instagram like driven like festivals that you could defend, come up with something redeeming about every single vendor. Mm-hmm. Like, you and, wouldn't allow it if you couldn't. So, like, yes. like we have. And a, there's a beer garden. And there is a beer garden. Beer and garden. wine. Yeah. Just for people that don't know. So yeah. now, it, now that it's been Which going, is a big deal, like, for brunch or people eating on a weekend. If you don't know that something has, like, there's a ton of times when people are like, ah, I'm not going. Beer, mm-hmm. mimosas, is that there? No, I'm not going. Yeah. Depending. So you have that, too, which is a big deal there. Yeah, it's good. Is it 420 friendly? God damn it. So it's interesting. We actually have a new one of Thank our newer you. shopping vendors is this thing called Elevate Jane. They do these like really cool, like uh, I don't know what do you what's the word for edibles? Pipes? No, like a chocolate. Yeah, but what do you? But it's not just pipes. It's like glass blowing uh, um, uh, paraphernalia. 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 They do like these really cool, like designy, mm-hmm. like different kinds of like pipes, things to hold, like one hitters, utensils like, holders for one hitters. Apparatus. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know about all this stuff, but it's very cool. And then we're be the judge of that. <laughs> yeah, that's a little <laughs> yeah, suspect. Yeah. Like a I don't band. know about it, but it's definitely cool. Uh, continuing on, it's right. also has Jane like a, in the name. You sound like a cop. Yeah, uh, <laughs> fucking narc. And check out you some. Guys, uh, you guys should all come down this Sunday. Uh, yeah, I understand. Uh, all gather around. together in one area. Mm-hmm. We put up some fencing. Just yeah. stand in there, yeah. and we'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> well, now now that Smorgas, we we have a bunch of Twitter questions that we're going to get to, and it's going to be really fun. I just want one one question about Smorgasburg before. Now that it's been going on for a year, year and a half, what what trends have you seen 
kind of rise and fall like is i is it i know it started out with like a lot of kind of like gluttonous kind of unhealthier snacky indulgent foods like have those gone away and have healthier things become more popular or is it still a place where you go for a real treat no it's definitely i mean that's but that's that has nothing to do with like trend that has nothing to do with general trends the thing about smorgasburg is it is like a it is like a sunday fun day kind of cheat day thing so Mm -hmm. people don't come looking for the food that they eat tuesday for lunch like near their office so like we've had you know we do you know we have some we actually have some really good like vegan things some vegetarian stuff like some stuff that like Mm -hmm. i'm pretty proud of and think is pretty like i think we have some of the for best listeners food. at home. He's shaking his head no while he's saying this. <laughs> we have some of the no. We actually we just brought in this new vendor called Senna Vegan, which is some of the best vegan. It's it's so good, and mm. they've been popping up in Highland Park. And they set up in Highland Park, and they have like hundreds of people in line. They're like the hottest new like vegan. They do tacos and nachos, and mm-hmm. and they make they make all the proteins themselves mm. it's like proprietary right like they want to be a protein company Interessante. Not a, they want like have a, a string own. of like taco joints they don't want to like, buy impossible they want to be they impossible be, yeah, that, that's and they're so like we have stuff that you know would appeal to people cool. looking for slightly healthier stuff you know it doesn't have to be like all like big meat on a you have dork ass food too I get but it. in cool. general like people are there's the mozzarella stick guy they're the actually they, guy. No, the pastrami guy is still around. The mozzarella sticks are on hiatus. They were so good. Yeah, they were really good. Mm. Um, so it is still like so a, still but it is still, still kind of a place that you come to cheat. Yeah, to cheat. Good. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I plan on cheating there soon. Um, what? So I'm just curious now that it's been this long. What do you think is the most surprising thing to you that you thought would work out that didn't or, and it doesn't even have to be a single stand. I just mean like, I'll what have you, you learned in a year? Cause I think it's a oh, fascinating enterprise. Dude. When I first, like as a food, when as a food writer or like person that was posting food on Instagram, like I have always been like a, I go and eat something. If I like it, like I just want the food to be good. Like I don't give a shit about like, backstory or like i don't care about the stuff that like a pr person's gonna tell me or whatever mm-hmm. you go you look you decide if you want to buy you eat it and it's good or not right mm-hmm. and i just like you know people who made like concessions for like made their food like more white you know more for white people like or to to do business in a certain neighborhood like i didn't care about that like all i cared about was like purity of like the chef's vision like i love great chefs and when great chefs make great food i love it and that's all i care about and like when i took the job at smorgasburg i like really wanted to bring like great chefs into like smorgasburg to do just do what they do right Right. and like the kind of food that i love and i want to eat and i very quickly realized that like just making good food is not the key to successful business and like, you know, now that I understand like how much it costs to run a business, like I know way more about like the business side of things, mm-hmm. like what it costs to run a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And while I still like think that the food needs to taste good, I also understand that there are, you know, great chefs and great restaurants make really smart decisions for every part of their business. And just making, you know, just making the food, the great food is not, is not the whole thing. So I have way more respect for restaurateurs who like. That's also a big takeaway considering what the adventure is for Smorgasburg, which is really kind of, or at least what it seemed to me at its essence was, you know, come and make something great, you know, in in a, a, a contain environment that could sustain one or two things. You don't need a huge menu. And it also makes me look at, but it doesn't make me, just because I know what things cost and how hard it is to run a restaurant and how little money you make, like it doesn't, it doesn't make me. So you're opening up boba chain is what you're saying. I'll still, I'll still complain about things being too expensive, you know, and I still, but now I understand that like, I understand that I feel like it's the restaurateur's job to create like to uh, efficiencies, no, to create efficiencies, efficiencies in their business, so that the consumer doesn't have to suffer, so that they can make money. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I mean, like you look at the whole Kismet thing. Like, I love Kismet. I think Kismet's great. So is Jason. But 
but everyone's but is it's too expensive, right? So there's this like big argument going on. Everyone thinks it's too expensive, but like I don't, you know, the people who run it, they're not getting rich. Like they use really high quality ingredients. They'll tell you how expensive it is, you know, to make what they make. Right. And it's like, okay, like I get that, and I'm not saying that you're not like it's it's okay. You're not to, lying, right? It's but not do right, something it's not, different so you can lower right, the cost. It's not right. I feel Are you about like to change it my is, mind about Kismet uh, right now. I feel like it's the restaurateur's <gasps> job to to make their business as efficient as possible so that the consumer comes in and not only do they think the food is great, but they also feel like they're not getting ripped off, right? Because like you can't change how someone feels, you know. And so at Smorgasburg, like that's a big, you know, like I. People can wait in line for a really long time and spend a little bit more money than they would if they were going to, like, a fast food restaurant, you know. But when they eat that food, I have to make sure that, like, they eat it and they're like, you know what? Like, this was worth waiting in line for. This was, you know, you don't want them walking away being like, I'm never going to come back and eat that again. And even though you won't feel that way about everything, you'll find something do you, you ever see that? that? Do you ever just see that from afar? Just look at somebody waiting in line forever and they eat it and they're like, this sucks. And then they just throw it in the ground and you know they're never going to come back again. How does yeah, that make I've you feel? Yeah, I've seen that a ton of times mm-hmm. at other food festivals. Got it, events. yeah. yeah at like, like Burger King and 626 stuff. 626 Night Market. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. I like it. Get into it. Start Dang. talking shit. Uh, no, I mean, listen, you can't make everybody happy all the time. It's impossible. And with 40 something, 50 food businesses, like, you know, but. We have like a cornerstone of five or ten businesses that they, I will, I mean, I think Ugly Drum makes arguably the best pastrami in the city. Like, if not as good as Langer's. It's very good. It is. And there is no, I'll sit in that booth and watch people like, and his business is very inefficient, like, because it's just him. Yeah. And he makes every single sandwich, but it's consistent. And so people will wait in that line and they get to the front and they take. He'll give them a. He usually gives people a sample. Yep. And I watch people eat that sample, and they just look at their friend, and they're like, "Fuck!" Like that's what everyone says. Like you watch <laughs> their lips, and everyone is like, "Fuck!" Or "Holy shit!" Everybody, you take yeah. one bite, wow. and you're just like, because it is, and it's every time it's perfect. And for me, like that is, and the price he charges, nobody complains about the price yeah. after trying it because you understand. Like, it's like four, what is, fourteen fifteen for a whole sandwich or it's, something. No, it's ten bucks for a half, twenty bucks for a whole for a whole for a whole sandwich. But it's Bub and Grandma's bread. Yeah, it's and the brisket he uses brisket to make his pastrami, so it is vaguely barbecueish. Mm-hmm. Like it is a it is it has just as much DNA in it from like a place like Franklin's right. as it does from a place like Katz's or Langer's. Yeah, but the brisket every brisket he gets is is. Uh, he he. Um, it's a Packers brisket. It will, but so no, he, he trims it. He trims it yeah. to his specifications perfectly. Sure. Every single brisket cooked every the same way. All the slices look exactly perfect, and that is how you make great barbecue. That is the difference between mm-hmm. a Franklin's barbecue and every other barbecue place in the country is that you can afford to trim your brisket to because most restaurants can't afford to trim their briskets because the meat's too expensive and if they don't trim their brisket they have to charge a ridiculous amount of money if they charge a ridiculous amount of money people are like fuck this like i'm not paying this amount of money um and the reason he can do that is because his trim goes into blood sausages so he charges a premium, but then mm. if he didn't, if his trim didn't go into Bledsoe's sausages, he'd have to charge even more money right. for that perfect sandwich because you know Damn. he's recouping a little bit. Interesting, smart. I've been seeing a lot of lot of businesses kind of do that repurposing thing, or of like or like bakeries giving their excess grain and yeast to beer makers and all that, like re- really recycling and and reusing waste ingredients like Dude, that. Kazunori. Kazunori is the best example Kazunori of that. Is the, ge- is the most genius efficiency I've ever seen in the restaurant business. Mm-hmm. I like look at that and I'm like, you know, for people who don't know, it's like you have sugar fish, which is already a really good value. And they have all these tastes things. Tastes like shit. Well, listen, I mean, you can. I don't think it tastes like I, shit. I think, that's, I think that's pretty harsh. Like, I think that if you're well, a no. certain kind of a sushi eater, which we, I think, all probably are, like sugar fish after a while is boring yes. and bland and yeah. you know it's not what we want right and yeah. we have found places i think that it's are, okay 
we have found places okay. that we in LA where we would ra- that we would rather eat at for sure uh, for a similar price or slightly less or slightly right. more. But we prefer it to sugarfish. But fe- for what it is, yeah, I feel it like is a. If it's, you're, an, um, it's the best of that. It's also very efficient for the price. It's an amazing price for an amazing product. Mm-hmm. If you are the kind of sushi eater that just likes to eat tuna, salmon, and yellowtail, and I'm not going to drive there, white girl sushi, and stand in line or wait or whatever. But if I'm having like a meeting and they're like, "Yeah, we're bringing sugarfish for lunch," I'd be like, "Delicious, nice. okay, oh, must yeah. be nice." And if someone comes in. For from out of town and has never had sugarfish before mm. and loves sushi. I think that it is a place that all sushi lovers should eat at at least once in their life because I do think it's an amazing concept. It is amazing, an amazing con- sushi concept, and is a great price to eat at least once. Like, yeah, it's kind of like seeing that movie Mother with an exclamation bar. <laughs> God damn it! Everyone should at least. See. But I want. But like, yeah, the the whole thing is like Nobu and sugarfish. Like it's a trickle down. Like the best cuts of the best fish go to Nobu, and then like the medium stuff goes to Sugarfish, and then all the scraps and trimmings go to Kazunori, and they make the hand rolls with that. Nothing goes to waste. It's all in the same family and business. Wait, Nobu owns uh, Sugarfish? What are you talking about? Nobu doesn't own Sugarfish, do they? That's what I thought. No, no, no. Nobu doesn't. The, oh, really? Uh, no, no, no. It's, it's the Nizawa guys. The, uh, sushi Nizawa. Oh, Nizawa. Okay. But yeah. Nizawa has had inroads in the sushi business because he had run that restaurant in the valley for so many years. He was able to go. Well, not him, but the the business people that he partnered with were able to go to his uh, his suppliers and say, if we wanted to do this on a massive scale, could you provide us enough fish? Right. Like at a good enough price. And it's Nizawa's and son's doing. And then they the, created the a model fish. where all the fish is broken down in one location and then sent out to all the restaurants, which creates another efficiency mm-hmm. that most high-end sushi restaurants, they don't get that. They can't do the volume that allows them to get really good fish at a good price. Like mm-hmm. you said, the good stuff's getting sent to sugar fish or at least the media – the good medium stuff is the best medium stuff is getting sent to Sugarfish, and then the rest of the mid range sushi places are getting mm. whatever's left. And so they have this lock on the they have a lock on the the uh, distribution. They can get the and then you have this because of their you know they the, the fish gets sliced and they have this leftover. And it's like what do you do with leftover now? A traditional sushi restaurant sells that leftover as a chirashi bowl for lunch. So mm-hmm. that's why you can go to good sushi restaurants and get a $15 chirashi bowl with this amazing fish on top, but it's cheap because they're just trying to get rid of the scraps from the night before, mm-hmm. and so they sell it cheap, and that's their efficiency. But because they're just one restaurant, you know, they just sell 20 chirashi bowls, and right. they're done. And it's not a lot of money, but it just is – it helps them be that much more efficient. Mm-hmm. Sugarfish, Kazunori is their chirashi bowl. Like right. is a large enough business that can take all of those scraps mm-hmm. and turn them into chopped up hand rolls and sell them at a. I think it's a better value than sugarfish. Way better. Like, Way it's better. Crazy. And like, it's crazy. I l- and I think it's. Twice as good flavor. I I, I enjoy eating there way more than sugarfish. It's way more delicious. It's such a good value. I love the efficiency. But then it makes me th- wonder, like. If this company has a monopoly stronghold on the fish distribution in L.A., they have, what, 10 sugar fishes, five? I mean, they, they have 10 to 15 locations of both restaurants all over L.A. They have a stronghold on this. All these mom-and-pop independent sushi places, are. how is that affecting their business? Is that... Is that fucking the Yoshinoya's? No. Are, yeah, are they like? That, is it like when you're a furniture store and IKEA comes to town and like fuck you guys? And does it make their life a lot harder? I don't. Your, your California Roll and Grill in the mall. Like, what's up with them? What kind of fish are they <laughs> able to get? I mean, I don't think so. I guess my argument would be California Roll and Grill. My argument would be I don't think so because number one, Sugarfish isn't buying the unique products, right? The unique products, the things that don't fit into their. They have a model, like they mm-hmm. take a certain kind Five of fish. Things now, is it things. harder for? Is it harder? Harder for a mid-priced sushi restaurant to sell a you know fifty dollar omakase with the same fish that you can get for thirty bucks at Sugarfish? Yeah, for sure. They're mm-hmm. definitely probably hurting a lot of those like just serviceable like mm-hmm. sushi restaurants that have been around forever. That like they know, I ate. Yeah. 
Um, but I think that there's – and then I think overall they help the sushi business because I think Sugarfish is a really good gateway to sushi. And so I think Sugarfish probably gets way more people into sushi and after a while they're going to want to branch out and try other things. And I think, you mm. know, I think like rising tide lifts all boats. Like That's one way to look at it, I think long term I think depending on what kind of place you are. But I think it'll just make sushi better and better in the city. Mm-hmm. And maybe some of the junkier places. Will, just like Sweetfin is probably not good for a lot of the really shitty poke places <laughs> like in the city. Because, yeah, like why would you eat at a shitty poke place if you could get Sweetfin? Mm-hmm. Um, for the same price. But overall, I feel like... And why um, would you eat at Sweetfin if you can eat at Ohana? What's Ohana? In Silver Lake, they just opened... A Sweetfin. Next, oh, you think uh, Ohana's? Be- oh, Ohana's the. Uh, you think that place is better than Sweetfin? I do. Mm-hmm. I've actually never had Sweetfin. Oh, Sweetfin's the best. It's good. It's the best. It's good. See, it's- that's what I love about raw fish talk. Everyone is. Everyone has their own fave. It's by. Well, it's by it far is- like it's. It's they're equal in in quality and I think uh, thoughtfulness as far as what they're doing. It's not trashy. I dude, I like but, I like know the guys from Ohana and think it's like uh, it, it's a good quality product. It's also the two of them do similar. quality. It's also like kind of you go to Sweet Green and you're like, oh no, I like the salad I get at this place better. And it's like, well, that might be true, but Sweet Green's the thing that's gonna be a national chain. Sure, mm-hmm. and Sweet Fin is that thing. Sweet Fin's that thing that they have found the perfect formula for how do you take poke, which has been around forever. And it's never going to be a popular thing mm-hmm. in its original yeah. incarnation, like its Hawaiian incarnation. But it, mm-hmm. ha- yeah, it and has even, not been around forever. It's like, been around. You couldn't find it in LA to save your life ten years ago. That's not true. You just had to go down to Torrance to a Hawaiian <laughs> place and get. But that's what, no, no. What I'm saying is, is Dude, that, that what I'm I not mean is that, that as an argument. What I mean is that Hell there no. are certain things that are popular in their cities, right? Like poke is popular in Hawaii. Because it is a Hawaiian thing. Absolutely. Poke, the act of buying poke by the pound in little plastic, like, you know, uh, deli things is never going to be popular no. outside of Hawaii. No, not ever. At all. And And those people who have sort of taken the good things about Hawaiian poke and sort of, con- you know, but like kind of modernize them, but still put it in those plastic containers, they're not going to last because the plastic containers are not. They're just not what – that's not going to be a – no one's going to buy lunch in those plastic containers. Like what Sweetfin has done is they have completely modernized – they've created a completely new product. Yes. It has, bears no resemblance to the original poke. None whatsoever. But it is the kind of thing that you could scale into a business that everybody would like. Like because it is – similar enough to an already existing scalable business and that's the salad business like so right. they took all the best parts of poke and all the best parts of a scalable huge like salad business company and combined them into one beautiful product that regardless of it might take you 10 tries to find the combination of fish the combination of toppings that's your perfect thing, where maybe Ohana found that for you much quicker. Right. Like, because they, you share that sensibility with them. But Sweetfin's the kind of place that, it's like Chipotle. It took everybody a year to figure out what combination of things they like to eat at Chipotle. But once yeah, they I'm found, not there yet. And then they, another year to realize that it's neither, disgusting. It's trash food and you should I never totally eat it. I totally agree. But um, well, once you found that com- combo of ingredients, you could eat there three times a week. Right. And that's how I feel about Sweetfin. Once you find that thing, I could eat Sweetfin three times a week for lunch. Like if I worked in an office near a Sweetfin and had enough money to spend 12 to $15 on lunch, like I could right. eat that, you know. Whereas other poke places, sometimes I go and you eat it and you're like, oh, this is amazing. Other times you go and you're like, I don't know. It feels a little off today. Like the fish is off or something. I don't know. Like how much money do you have to spend on lunch every day? Huh? It's huh? a write-off, man. I got as much money as you know, whatever. So it's all. I don't hold back. Collecting. I don't hold back on lunch. Lunch is my meal. <laughs> Dinner, different story. <laughs> have you been cooking at home with the kids? Always, always. Yeah, always. Monday through Thursday. Have you been making the shrimp fettuccine? Do you Last think night you're? I a... did a fried rice. Very nice. Very Ooh. nice. Are you getting better as a cook? 
Uh, no, I, I mean, make the. I'm really good anymore. I've zeroed worse. in on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm no, I'm like a mom cook. Like I've zeroed in on like the seven things I make, and I'm. What do you, and my kids like them, and I'm. And if you came over for dinner, you would be like. You'd be like, oh, I could. I mean, I can eat this. It's not mm-hmm. like I could nothing, chug this down any day. Of the there's week. nothing chefy about it, but like my kids like it, and it tastes pretty good. What's the number and, one meal that your kids fuck with? Shrimp and uh, My kids' favorite is it's a shrimp and broccoli with spaghetti. Shrimp yeah. and broccoli with pasta. Yeah, he's done the recipe on the uh, mm-hmm. garlic, it's olive nice. oil. Mm-hmm. But that's well, still number one. The pasta cooking liquid. Yeah, mm. that's the most uh, requested. That's what my that's my son's favorite. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion on frozen vegetables and fried rice? Like the little packet of peas and carrots. So I'm not into peas and carrots that. and fried rice, except to add Live color. To add color. And if I'm and to get my kids to eat vegetables. But a little bit of texture. So I will add peas are mushy. No, not the frozen ones. No, they yes they are. No they way. Are, they still end up mushy. No, no. Even at if all. you put them in frozen, they're Zach, still Zach, you're doing it wrong, you baby. Is the texture? You mean Zach, it, like, you're pops, doing it wrong. The yeah, carrots are definitely mushy. Mushy. Sure. Fine. Um, peas I, pop. I prefer frozen peas. Uh, people say frozen peas are even better I than fresh peas. I uh, prefer frozen corn. Frozen corn is nice too. Frozen corn kernels. I'll, I'll you do get the a, same pop. It's t- it adds a little sweetness. You put corn in the fried rice, but that's why you get the pea, the corn, and the carrot. Now, I'm telling you, I don't. Trio. So I am also so my f- ideal fried rice at a Chinese food restaurant, mm-hmm. which doesn't I can't make it at home as well. Like right. so, I never have really tried. But when I go to a fried ri- like fried rice that is the rice. Bean sprouts, onions, garlic, little cubes of red pork. Yeah, charsu, charsu pork. That's it. Like the whole like carrot and peas thing in fried rice is fucking bullshit. Like that's not that's not a good what like, about a little Chinese American fried rice. It's like, delicious. It's Panda Ex- it is absolutely Panda, American fried rice. Panda American Express, Chinese yes. fried rice. Panda Express, yes. What about Panda Express made that? Hell because, no. Because Panda New Express. New York Chinese food restaurants made that. Panda Express didn't make that. Shitty ones do that, but not the ones <laughs> I grew up with. The this. ones I grew up with did not do peas and carrots. And I think peas and carrots are a bullshit, like, Bean sprouts are the oh, fucking thing. Hell no. And but most people don't. Most like restaurants this. didn't want to fuck with bean sprouts because they probably because they. This is your they bean sprout come, conspiracy. They're not, they're not cheap. Well, no, you because you buy frozen peas and carrots because they're super Dude, fresh cheap. Bean sprouts are like nineteen cents and, a pound at no, an Asian they go, grocery. They go bad quickly. They're not they're, and and white people don't like them as much as peas and carrots and you know. But to me, bean sprouts and onions is that's like I that's my. Ideal. I, peas what and about soy are sauce? Bullshit. Yeah. Well, obviously. No. Hell no. What do you mean? What do you put in? Toasted sesame oil. Yes. Frozen vegetables. Forget cubes about of, the frozen vegetables. And cubes of char siu pork. I don't okay. like any. I don't like it cooked with any soy sauce sesame whatsoever. Sesame oil. That's it. Yeah. No. What are you talking? No. You got sesame oil, oyster sauce. No. Soy sauce. Hell sugar. No. Salt. No. Um. I mean, no. Sounds awful. Well, that's you're making some weird like. You're making some weird minimalist fried rice that you like, but then adding bullshit American frozen vegetables? Like, no. Sesame oil? I completely disagree. It's one note, sesame oil. It's a strong note, too. No, but it's fine. I like like the flavor of sesame oil in my fried rice. Very overpowering. But I don't like anything cooked into it too much. I like to add on top. I don't like the way that the oyster sauce and the soy just disappears and turns into this basically salt when it's all combined and fried together. I get those notes of like, you know, whatever you're putting in there, way better by adding on and scooping and spooning into than cooking from the bottom. What do you mean cooking from the bottom? If you're he adding all he, that he sauce to the beginning, sauce I don't yeah. do that. that no, that's, that's what I'm saying. You, so you, that's why I'm asking. Like soy oh, sauce cooked add, with, huh? So I'm saying soy no, no, sauce cooked with. Is, what I do is I cook all the, I cook the garlic and the onions sure. first, right? Uh-huh. Get that going. <laughs> then you throw in frozen um, vegetables. You throw in any vegetables. No, but sometimes I'll put in raw vegetables, which need to cook longer. So mm-hmm. raw vegetables are going first. Then frozen vegetables. Then the egg. Um, and then um, usually, or if actually that's not true before the egg, I'll do meat. If the meat is raw, if the meat's already cooked, like last night I had this like short, uh, short rib that I had made two days before leftover. That's so I nice. cubed the short rib and, but that was already fully cooked. So I threw that in right at the end before adding the rice. Mm-hmm. And then once I get the rice in there, then I drizzle the sauce over the rice and furiously fry. Now, it works best if the (laughs) rice is day old and completely dry. And then the sauce sort of 
reanimates the rice, and it's a small amount of sauce. It's not you mix the sauce all together beforehand, like tablespoon of soy. I've done table, this. Yeah, yeah. You're looking at me and like then, I've not yeah, yeah. done and this before. And then add it at the end, and then you, yeah. you know. And it yeah. now if your rice has already been, if it you just cook the rice, mm-hmm. yes, it ends up gloopy and mushy. It's not a perfect fried Who rice. Who said gloopy and mushy? <laughs> when I know I'm making fried rice, I cook it the day before and leave it That's open fine. air in the oh, fridge okay, and right, dry right, out right. on parchment paper. Right. So it doesn't work if I'm not asking for lessons, right. Zach. No, I'm just telling you what I what I'm, what I'm riding for. Got like, it. I'm telling you how. Like, yes, I agree with you. If you add sauce at the end over rice that's not like really dry, it's not ideal. But um, I love the rice wars going on on this podcast right now. So it's your rice, so your rice is a very light colored fried rice. It's it's basically white. Yeah, yeah. Which is would, which toasted which, sesame oil would be the only thing that might. Which color. If I ordered pork fried rice from a Chinese food restaurant and I get that light colored bullshit, like I'm like fuck this shit. <laughs> like, but I want the dark. Like, oh, if I get like so, I equate also like those fried rice is more of a Thai style when it comes dark or there's pineapple in it. Like that is way more sauce than like a. American style Chinese fried rice, which but is like. Did you grow up eating Panda Express? No. There because wasn't like, one in the town the New, I grew up because, in. Because, yes, New York. There still isn't one in Santa Cruz. New York has both style of fried rices. Right. Like, you will get lightly light. And the light one is definitely the more, like, authentic fried, like, Chinese fried rice. You go to a real Chinese, like, from what I can tell. Like real Chinese food restaurants, yes, they're light colored. But the New York style pork fried rice that I grew up with was always that dark one. And in New York, those were my favorite places that did that dark version. New York, Boston, Miami, dark version, no peas and carrots. Like that's my favorite fried rice. Fair. And neither of you guys are wrong or right. I agree. I agree. I agree. I mean, yeah, it's just like people like – I like putting ketchup on a hot dog. Some people will cut your hand off if you do that. Have you been to the uh, Waz Golden Hen across from Squirrel? Oh, yeah. I that have. fried rice is the most perfect fried rice I've ever eaten in The stew exclusive. In, uh, I was in way Los more Angeles. In, I was way more than the chicken chow mein. Golden, Waz uh, chow Golden Hen. Chow mein's great, too. It's right like, next to Vinny's Barbershop. Chow mein's good, too, but their chow mein is Panda Express. Oh, really? Chow mein. It's like a couple blocks down and across. They're the ones that have one of those famous cheap lunches. It's like $6, and uh-huh. you get like, chow mein, fried rice, mm-hmm. um, egg foo young, and like, mm-hmm. a cut, like a fried cutlet. Damn, son. A nice mall slice. Yeah. Like, look at that. That color right there. That's a nice color. Mm, that, that is, is a, a nice, nice color. color. Mm-hmm. That, and that red sauce on top of the oh, chicken. Oh, so dark. The red, the red, the red <laughs> sauce. Dark. I used to the love that red sauce. The red stuff on top. Well, that's the – It's the mall this sauce. Is the, and their Egg Foo Young is, like, amazing. I haven't had Egg yeah. Foo Young in so long. And I never ate Egg Foo Young as a kid, but – It's but been there for, like, 20 Egg years. Is so – this plate of Chinese How do you feel after eating that plate? Is the closest uh, <laughs> to a New York – What's that, what's that body meal. doing after after yeah. that you eat that? I don't know. So happy. Yeah. But that's what the uh, almond, that's what the almond cookie. Baby, take a nap or baby go to berries after that. Oh, they do have they do have the great almond cookie. They give you the little <laughs> fingerprint almond cookies. Mm. Great is a. It's a you might <laughs> you be can building, buy them. You, you can buy them in the ten pack. Those like buttery almond cookies. Sure. Love it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, look at that fried rice. It's just perfect color. It looks great. It's, it is a little dark though. I will say. Just a little bit, but not too little bit. Um, <laughs> this has gone exactly how you would expect, I would imagine. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, we have so many Twitter questions that we're, we're going to have to wait to get to them on next week's episode, but they are really good, and thank you to all the people who sent them in. Is it Twitter questions? Uh, is that a weekly uh, No, we just do it every once feature? in a while, just when I like don't have a lot of faith in the guest. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have a backup. We call um, that the stew parachute. Look at this other picture of Waz Gold. All right, we, you have to. That's that is too dark. Is. That is. You go to this fucking restaurant way too much. <laughs> and also, when you when you go to a restaurant and take a picture of the food there, you don't have to do it anymore. Oh, you, you no. do all you need listen, is one. Listen, the day that Waz Golden Hen gets closed by a squirrel in their you know march of gentrification. Uh, I'm oh, I thought re- you meant there's gonna they're gonna, gonna find re- a squirrel in the restaurant <laughs> okay. and, the, and the city's gonna that shut also it down. Could happen. <laughs> I'm gonna regret not posting about them more. I mean, mm. we need to get business to Waz Golden Hen. Maybe Golden Hen can set up at Smorgasburg, huh? Oh, that'd be amazing. But I mean, which one do you prefer more, Waz Golden Hen or PF Chang Test Kitchen? 
I mean, oh, Pan- Panda mean the Test Panda Kitchen. Express Test Kitchen. It's uh, which I still haven't been to. I mean, yet. I love them both. Mm-hmm. I, you can't I pick would, one. I... Which one of your children is your favorite? <laughs> well, that's easy. The <laughs> Damn, I was not expecting that Sad. to happen. Uh, I love them all equally. I'm talking about the burrito and the yeah, Chinese food. And all right, we have to, I'll read two questions. Yeah, and let's then do a couple then, questions. And then we'll talk about the best thing we had all week. Oh, sure. uh, my brother, Chris Stewart, who commonly uh, appears on the show, not so commonly... He asks, when will Stewie return? <laughs> sorry, I did not text you, Stewie. Um, it's a great question, Stewie. Great question, Stewie. I'm sorry about that. The next question from John Achtimich UK. King, okay, he says, is it possible to eat pancakes or waffles without maple syrup? I can do it with just butter. I don't there was so. a period when I would just eat pancakes or waffles with just butter. My mom, she's listening. She knows about that. I don't think so. Chef with chocolate Karen. chips inside them? That's no. the only time I think I could eat a pancake without maple syrup. What are you, if five? The pancake had <laughs> chocolate five-year-old. chips. I like chocolate <laughs> chips and pancakes. Well, no, it just... What are you, it, five? Because it's yep. sweet. Like, it adds that extra sweetness, and then you're like, ah, maybe maple syrup would be too much. But I say pancakes and waffles have a element that is masked if it's covered in syrup. And I think if you just put a nice quality butter on it, it allows other subtle flavors to peek through and say hello. That's got to be a good pancake or a good waffle. Sure. I eat them so infrequently, I would never do it without something, I, it was re- something some really nice maple syrup. It's a concept I was thinking about yesterday, like, if you eat them four times a week, maybe don't do syrup. Ugh. But like, if you do it twice a year, like I'm going hard in the paint. Man, there's a time when I would eat an Eggo waffle f- for breakfast every day. Yeah, I wonder, if, uh, does he specify what kind of waffle and what kind of pancake he's talking about? No. Fair. Um, but I've been, think- I've been thinking about doing things like that, like, uh, like a weird food challenge. Like if, if you really love, like what kind of potato chips or tortilla chips do you not like, Zach? Is there a kind where you just would the like if there's you go to the vending machine and there's thirty different chips, which one is the least likely to be purchased? Like a mean, plain Lay's? Are you are you talking brand or are you talking like you know like sour cream and onion barbecue like that kind of either? Thing? You can do a sour yeah like I mean what? do you do you hate sour cream and onion? Do you hate barbecue? I think the example would be like some people and they're all monsters, but some people don't like have a chips. What which ones are those? The, those are the ones a little kissed with soy. They kind of come. Tortilla. Kinda, yeah, they like, sell it like Hawaiian uh, themed. Have a corner. Like, yeah. Okay, places or at the. They're kind of like health foodie. The seafood place in the. Uh, in well, like Lassen's or the sure. have it at, uh, Well, well, my one. my thing is like whatever yeah, that thing not. is. Like you, like if you go to the supermarket and there's a chip aisle, there's a hundred different kinds of chips. Whichever one is the most least likely for you to purchase. I want to start purchasing that and just like of there's some like I would, I love a Cheetos I love a Doritos but then like a plain Lay's do pretzels count yeah yeah pretzels definitely. okay you don't pretzels. like pretzels no I mean I I'll eat them but, but the last thing you'll buy and it's the last thing like there's just regular pretzels like you mm-hmm. know. Just, it's a waste of it's, it's a boring. waste of eating. It's just boring. But I, I say I actually agree with. I didn't even think of pretzels. I agree. But with I say, that I'm, I'm, but I'm, I want to start challenging myself and be like, millions of people love pretzels. I'm just going to eat a few pretzels and see what it's all about. Maybe oh, there's something oh, in there oh, I can oh. appreciate. Oh about well, it. no, no. That I, I mean, I do that with other kinds of food. I, maybe chips. Or like when you go to a thing. when you go to a sandwich place and like, what kind of bread do you want? Whichever one you never order, try that one. Or I never order a roast beef sandwich. Try it, just you know, because we all know so much about food. So what do you? So sorry. Do we your point. Your point is to try the thing you like the least and see if you like it. Yeah, he's saying as an activity when you as go an activity. out. As an the activity, thing that you would least you would be least likely to order off a menu as a thing for like a week. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good challenge. It's an interesting I like challenge. That. I like that idea. Yeah, like something. Yeah, I, like, like something look interesting at the menu might and pop think, up. What's the last thing that you would order on this menu? Like for me, it'll be like the healthiest thing, mm-hmm. like the thing, like you know. Mm-hmm. And like, or or that so salad or whatever. Salads for seven yeah, days. Yeah, like, is, that, is, that, a, is that the challenge? Because you might surprise yourself into like being like, oh man, like I really like this. I would have never ordered this. Zach gets it. But that's actually why when I go to restaurants, a lot of times I let all the people order. I don't like. I'm right. not good at ordering. Damn, can we date? Unless there's, like the big, unless there's one thing you really want, you'll just let the whole table do it and see what happens. Right. If there's something like that. that I'm like, there for, like, like, I'll be like, listen, we have to order this and this, but otherwise, order what... And then some people order things 
And then sometimes I like I prove my, I feel like I'm like oh, I shouldn't have done that. I should have <laughs> gone with my instinct. But then other times you're like, oh man, Pleasantly I never surprised. would have ordered this. And it's like my favorite thing that we ate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love those because when we're all of our food nerve centers have been burned off to a certain extent. So it's it's to have that unique discovery moment, like an epiphany munching moment. Those are rare. Isn't the pancake chase that dragon? Isn't the pancake at Alma the standard? Doesn't that not? You don't have to. Is it like a buckwheat pancake? I don't remember if it's syrup or you or not. I feel like that's one that we definitely have with just butter. And at least a few bites without syrup. Yeah, and that but, was good enough. That was, that was but Jason worth. doesn't need that was syrup great. for that because the pancakes are flavored with friendship. That's right. <laughs> wow. Jealous. Um, all right, Zach. Now we're, we're going to talk about the best thing that we had all week. I can start it off with. It's a, it's, it's a three-way tie, which is not fair, but I did a lot of eating this week. Number one, um, Andre and I, we had the pleasure of going to Cato. Um, John, John, who was uh, the guest on the show like a month and a half or so ago, we uh, we finally had found the time to head west and eat there and had a great meal. Mm-hmm. We were challenged. You're gonna say the same thing I was gonna say, but all right, go ahead. Well, that's why I have three. It's probably I, I guess I guess you're going to say the the yuzu shaved ice over buttermilk pudding. Oh, good. No, I mean that's tied with. I could say either okay. one. Okay. Yeah, after so the one. first dessert course, there was like four dessert courses after the all the savory one. stuff. The, first, the one, first one, after we had getting, got, we got hit over the head with some pretty bold flavors from the sea. Yeah. Uni and mushroom and truffle and, you know, like raw shrimp roe and all these things that were really good, but it was like, it's a lot. But then super, super light yuzu shaved ice on top of buttermilk pudding. And I love anything buttermilk flavor. It's so good great tang to it so that's number one number two at water village farmers market they have a stand that sells it's only on sundays so that's why i've never been to smorgasburg it's way better than smorgasburg it's smaller like support local business all that stuff but they have this stand that does jamaican beef patties they're three dollars very authentic east coast style new york style beef patty delicious love a beef patty number three it was my brother, Stewie, who also appears on the show. His wife, it was her birthday this weekend. She had a party at Everson Royce Bar downtown. And I was with, with Stewie. You got the biscuit? Because you were ordering it when I left. Yeah. Stewie and, and, uh, and his, his bosses over at Bad Mash, we were all having a drink and having a time. And then they're like, do you want any food? And I was like, biscuit. And those biscuits are so, so, so delicious. Shout-outs to the guy at the bar who was just eating two burgers and drinking two Modellos by himself. And I was like, it makes sense. Was he hot? He was pretty hot, but it was great (laughs) because both beers and both burgers, I saw them come out at the same time. Mm -hmm. And he just ate one burger and then drank one beer. And then went to the next burger and ate the burger. What a legend! It's just like I was like, that makes so much. sense. And then you're like, you either just those burgers are so good. He either just got out of jail or he's about to go into jail. <laughs> looks like he's papered up. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn. White guy in his fifties, nice haircut, nice rolly. Oh, talk slower. I don't know. Maybe he's got a piece of the bar. I don't know. Uh, okay, so yeah, those. If you have the chance, go get all of those three things. They're all delicious, and they're only available in LA. Uh, Andre, what, what was the best thing you had? <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> well, the best thing I ate was the steamed fish course. Uh, oh, yeah. When it's a perfect tie with the yuzu ice, but um, beautiful, light, white fish. Branzino. Was it Branzino? It was Branzino, I which I thought was interesting because Branzino is usually the white girl fish that you order. Like, I want the whole Branzino. I love Branzino. And I it love comes out, and then they squeeze some oh, lime. And I don't care. There's bones in it. And then there's like a salt. Sometimes they'll do the full salt-baked Branzino. And it's like, ooh, that's the one it's you want. You want the one do. that costs $48? That Great. That you want the $48 one? Great. Uh, but they, they took that white girl fish, turned it on its head. Yeah, so it's steamed. Was it in a banana leaf? Uh, yeah, I think it was in a banana. Uh, it was in some kind of green something. leaf. Yeah. It was botanical. Steamed with a really nice, beautiful, heavy dose of a chili paste that I, th- I think was lots of ginger, garlic, scallion, bird's eye chili chopped up. Really nice heat. I think he said uh, Anaheim chili Anaheim and chili? maybe Fresno's. Okay. And 
Yeah, it, was, it looked it looked like a yellow curry almost. Some red in there too. It was great. I mean, it was just it was something that I could eat every day. Yeah, it was just it literally just like a piece of white fish with this kind of spicy Taiwanese relish paste smeared on top of it, a healthy layer, wrapped in banana leaf and steamed and that's it. And really good like the heat was so well balanced it was the perfect amount of heat without being overly too spicy and and having it be an overload i've been sad that i haven't been eating that for lunch every day since we've had it i'd probably think about it. well andre maybe it's time that you make it yourself at home no it's hard uh and the reason i was giggling because the other thing i wanted to mention was the zombie taki nachos that are available for a limited time at six flags magic mountain right now oh god zombie taki nachos yeah and in celebration of their spectacular halloween month Mm. okay so it's half red takis spicy picante red takis half green salsa verde takis cheese sauce christmas style Barbecue pork, sour cream. That's disgusting. You know, oh my God. so gross. But absolutely delicious. And it was, I thought back to our conversation Sounds about like a real ring stinger. Can nachos have Fritos in them? I mean, yes or no, it doesn't matter. But Takis are a great nacho esque nacho vessel. They were great. Held up, also held up in the crunch. Ten minutes later, Taki is still crunchy. I would have to. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, K- kind of like when like you see a a Taki from like the '60s and it still looks the same, still crunch. Or like we can use Doritos uh, to start a fire oh, as so kindlings. I am uh, not offended that you haven't been to Smorgasburg in a really long time. Yeah. Until just now, <laughs> like that's, a, that's like there's certain things that affect. Dude, I me. went to Six Flags. I it's didn't go like, for the Taki uh, nachos. I like went for a, X2. It's like a friend of mine who has never been to Smorgasburg uh, texted me. <laughs> I was, two, I was texted me two days like, ago and was like, "Hey man, what do you think about the uh, Museum of Ice Cream? I'm going on Friday." And, oh. what, and I'm like. You've never been to Smorgasburg, but you're paying thirty-five dollars to go to the Museum of Ice Cream. Fuck you, you're dead to me. I was at Smorgasburg Fuck four that guy. months ago. Yeah. Fuck that guy on I hope a he's Sunday listening right now. Is four months too long? What are you saying? You should I never go to the ago. ice cream museum, you losers. I just, I just want to I use that as a uh, transition into but me granted, bitching about my friend who's going to the museum I mean, of ice cream. You get some Six Flags caliber rides at Smorgasburg. I'll be there every Sunday, maybe. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, it's a ride just finding this place, <laughs> Smorgasburg, let me tell you what. It's so easy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so easy. The, par- the parking is amazing. It is very easy. There. Parking's so easy. And free. So oh, easy. It's a ride just finally getting your food at Smorgasburg. Free in lots of spaces. Zach, what's the best thing you ate all week, sweetheart? <laughs> Lay it, uh, on it was not a Jamaican beef patty at some garbage local farmer's market, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying to look up that uh, vendor to steal. Do you like? To, do you to like, steal them? Do you like uh, beef patty? Jamaican beef patties? Yeah, who doesn't? I'm oh, not, I'm so not good. communist. Okay. Oh, of course, I love. Jamaican I mean, a beef lot patties. of people. A lot of people haven't been exposed to them in in LA. Like, it's not a thing. But there are not. There are also half-assed ones too. There's the. There's yeah, you can get not a, you can get a trash one. Well, most places. City College. Oh, okay. Most, they're big, but they're not that good. Well, most places are just buying them frozen. Like mm-hmm. you, you can't make. You're not going to get like. Right. A really good like beef patty here. No, these ones at the Passing City College ones, one are not good, but, but they are handmade because they're huge and they're like you can they're all like dimpled and they're not that good. They're way too That's thick. one of those foods that's really ingrained in East Coast culture that does not really exist over here. Hmm. Toronto. Kind of like how you guys don't have any Mexican food in New York or whatever. You guys? You guys. <laughs> you Sorry, you guys. guys. You mean Jews? What do you mean you guys? I've lived in LA longer than New York and now at this point. All right, Midtown. <laughs> What's the best thing you had all week? Uh, I went to uh, Odafuku in Torrance. You ever been there? It's no, a, no. It's a soba place. Oh. I usually always go to Ichimian mm-hmm. Bamboo Garden, which is like mm-hmm. the best soba place in the city. And mm-hmm. um, but I, I went to this place, Odafuku, which also specializes in soba. Is it O T O F U K U? O T A F U K U. Odafuku. And it's like an old, it's like an old school Japanese like. Maybe it's not in Torrey. It might be Gardena, actually. I think it's in Gardena. Mm-hmm. And uh, you choose between, they've got three or four kinds of soba. Mm-hmm. They have regular soba, and then they have 100% buckwheat soba. Mm-hmm. Like, that's 100% buckwheat flour. Is it brown as hell? It's, well, it's it's. Does it look like your fried rice? It, was, uh, <laughs> it wasn't, like, as Do dark. Not. It wasn't as dark and gray as, like, 
some soba you get that's Murky. not a hundred percent. You know, so it wasn't, but it is a hundred. Like they don't put any white flour in it, so mm. uh, it was definitely. I think I went with no our friend Noah Gluten. Noah Gluten, and I think his comment was, "This is the healthiest tasting soba I've ever had." Mm. Like you can taste that it is like full on buckwheat. Um, in a good way, or was it like it was really a, or good. in a lesser way? I liked so you could get the regular kind, you get that, and then they did a special. Their special of the house is this um, white soba that's made with white buckwheat flour. Mm. So it looks like spaghetti, but it mm. tastes like soba, and it was it's like it albino was soba. Awesome! I liked all three of them. We got all of them, and like so is it is it all cold, hot, you can get whichever both, one you want? Both, yeah, mm. they do really good tempura. Highly recommended. And you just slurp it all up, huh? Real good. Okay. I don't. Ochafuku. Yeah, really good. Cool. I'd go to each. If you've never been to Ichimian, I'd go there too. But I've never been there. Uh, place is awesome. I'll add it to my. That place is more like a, like it's a fast. They have one kind of soba. It's like the speckled kind. Like it's kind of lighter, but then has the speckles. And, sure. And they'll do it in. They have all sorts of like, you know, toppings and like different bowls and stuff. Soup, no soup, mm-hmm. like. Poached egg, uh, the f- row. Like, What's your uh, favorite order? Have you haven't been in a while. I don't even, rem- I, you don't I don't even remember. You go There's and it's like good. you get 40 different. They all look good. Right. This place is more like you're going like just for the soba. Mm-hmm. And they give you like a big bamboo plate full of soba. Mm. And then you can get it cold where you're just dipping it in like the little cup of mm. like. Uh, sauce. Yeah, sauce with the. Soba juice. Wasabi. It actually was called soba soup on the menu, which confused me because I was like, oh, I'll take a little side of soup, you know, like, because I was like, oh, if I can get cold soba, because I don't like soba and soba and soup's not good because it deteriorates too quickly. quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, oh, if I can get a bowl of hot soup on the side, I'd be really down with that. But I, we ordered the soba soup and they're like, no, 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 you already get it. And it was, mm. it's what they called that little cup of soy, you know, Your whatever. It, yeah, which I was kind of bummed about. Mm. But uh, It's like Japanese ranch. Yeah. Zach, thank you so much for doing this potty. Thanks for... We're going to go eat some lunch now. Yeah. If you, if you live in L.A., go to Smokersburg every Sunday. What, what are the hours? 10 to 4. 10 to 4 at the Row DTLA. If you're at the Row DTLA tomorrow, Saturday, I think I'm going to be there DJing from 12 till 2. This pod's going to be up today? This, this pod will be up on Friday. Oh, today's Thursday. Right. You fucking idiot. I just, blew, I just ruined, I ruined the magic. It'll, it'll I be up on, the magic. No, it'll be up on Saturday. Saturday, Saturday morning. morning. So, so you mean today? Today. Today. I'm, I'm DJing, DJing right now, you idiot. Hurry. Get there. Uh, and you can follow me on social media at them jeans. Andre Conoparo has no social media. Zach, what is your Instagram? Uh, at Midtown Lunch LA and at Smorgasburg LA. Mm-hmm. Did you mention the free parking for two hours? Free no. parking for What's two hours. What's uh, the parking situation at the Atwater Village Farmer's Market? Couldn't be worse. Literally zero parking. Good to know. Couldn't be worse. It's not a competition. But he walks there. Or he bikes there. All right. It's cute. (laughs) I love farmers. (laughs) 